Hello. Welcome back to First and Ten Podcast. Uh, I believe this is episode four. Uh, Super Bowl happened. Probably just going to talk about that for this podcast. Uh, what we learned from the Bengals and the Rams. Uh, yeah, so getting into it. Uh, Rams 23, Bengals 20. Excellent game. Uh, very fun to watching. As just a, as a, a fan of the NFL and a fan of the Giants who, you know, someone who's not a fan of either of these teams, it was a very fun game to watch, and that's what any fan who, uh, you know, doesn't root for a team that's in the Super Bowl hopes for. You don't want, uh... Something like what happened to the Broncos when they played the Seahawks. And it was like a 48-8 to blowout or something like that. Not really as entertaining. Um, but yeah, this game was very fun. Uh, a lot of up and down moments. Obviously, the refs stink. Uh, Stafford went 26-40 for 40 for 283 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Burrow, 22 for 33, 263 yards, and a touchdown. No picks. Um, but the big problem there was Burrow got sacked seven times from Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd. I said this last podcast. The only way for the Bengals to win is if they protect Joe Burrow. Clearly, they don't know how to do that. Their offensive line is god-awful. There is no other way to put it. Uh, the Bengals' talent... On defense, receivers, running back, quarterback is phenomenal. But they can't win games if their O-line is playing like that. I believe Joe Burrow in the playoffs got sacked like 20 times. That's like four sacks or five sacks a game. He got sacked nine times against the Titans, seven against the Rams. He got sacked like once against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs D is atrocious. Um, Raiders got him a couple times when they played earlier. And... You know, you look at Joe Burrow or Joe Shiesty or whatever the heck you want to call him. The people are giving him a thousand nicknames. The one nickname I want to give him is overrated. Uh, just because of this year. I'm not saying Burrow is not good. He is a great quarterback. But because he doesn't have an offensive line, you can't really judge it. Right, like someone like Patrick Mahomes, someone like Josh Allen, who have Aaron Rodgers too, they have a good offensive line where they have enough time to throw the ball and make plays. Right, Burrow is a phenomenal leader. He's he is the reason why the bank. He's one of the reasons why the Bengals went on this you know this run to the Super Bowl um, because of his leadership, not stats. And the defense. The defense also, I've said this a thousand times, the Bengals' defense is what brought them to the Super Bowl. If you look at all the games where, in tough moments, the Bengals' defense gave Burrow chances. right? And Burrow was able to execute, but also, I'm just trying to say, Burrow's leadership and confidence is phenomenal. Which is what makes the Bengals' offense so good. But once they get that offensive line done, Burrow will start making even more plays. Because if you look at what he did in the Super Bowl, you can't really... There was two plays that I'd say, wow to. Just wow. Like, take my breath away. 
And the two plays were just Burrow chucking it downfield and hoping for the best. And his receivers, obviously, being as talented as they are, they'll come down with it. Jamar Chase smoked Jalen Ramsey, a one-handed grab. It was amazing. T. Higgins kind of got away with a face mask. I'm not going to lie to you. But, you know, the rest are terrible. What else can I say? But those plays were really just the receiver being in a great position. And, yeah, okay, you could say, well, Burrow had defense in his face. He just he was able to put the ball in a good place. I'm like, well, he just slinged it downfield, if I'm being honest. There was no other really... There's no real plays if you look in Burrow's uh, run this in this past year saying, wow, this was phenomenal. Wow, look, like no one else could do this. Oh my God, generational talent. He is a talented quarterback. He's not top five. There's no way am I saying he's top five. I can't. I just can't. I would take, uh, I would take Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, probably, maybe even Russell Wilson, just because of talent-wise. Um, you know, Dak Prescott could be in consideration. But yeah, even maybe even Matt Stafford. You don't. I don't know. Stafford had a phenomenal year. It's just because Burrow doesn't have a line, I can't really say much about him. You look at um, the Buccaneers and Chiefs Super Bowl. Mahomes struggled. He did struggle. The the receivers were god awful, but and his his line was terrible too. But the reason why he's so good is you look, the man's running for his life. He had a top one hundred play that was an incompletion that year. A top one hundred play, and it was just from him running around in the backfield. Because his line was atrocious that game. And look what the Chiefs did that offseason. They said, we're getting rid of you, we're getting rid of you, we're getting rid of you. Making cap space, making trades, and we're going to go draft and sign off its alignment and beef up the line. And look what they did. Mahomes didn't really scramble as much this year. He didn't struggle that much. If the Bengals do that, they're probably a top three, top four team in the NFL. No question. Um, but yeah, Burrow has phenomenal confidence. I love like the whole ego swagger thing. It's awesome. It really, it, it lightens up. It fires up the, uh, Bengals locker room, the coaches, everyone's on board with it. But the stats for me aren't there yet. I'm not saying he won't get there because he definitely can. He definitely can. The weapons he has, the talent he has, he, they'll be back in the Super Bowl either next year, the year after that, or the year after that. Quote me on that. I don't care. It's, they're, they're too talented and too young to, you know, not go back. Or at least contend. Um, on the Rams side, I did root for the Rams because... Not because I hate the Bengals, but because there's a lot of older guys on the Rams. Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, Odell... Um, Von Miller, Eric Weddle came back for a month of football and he won a ring. Like, it's just cool. As a fan, uh, I'm 19 years old, you know, and I grew up watching these guys in the 2010s. You know, as like most of my friends did, I think they can relate to this. Uh, it was just cool to see 
you know, all these guys that you've loved watching growing up uh, win a ring. You know, it was well-deserved for these veterans. Um, as a Giants fan, I was rooting for Beckham. Uh, I know the Beckham, there's like Beckham controversy uh, when he was on the Giants. It's stupid in my opinion. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, he's a diva. He's a crybaby. He's this and that. And like, you know, he was cancerous to the Giants. At first, I did see it that way a long time ago. But um, as the situation went along, I look at other players similar to Odell. And I look at those teams, and I say this is not on Odell at all. It was more on the Giants. It's management, right? I'll just name a couple of players who are similar to Odell in the sense of raw talent and, you know, having the passion, but also, like, the diva and, like, the uh, the ego and the uh, sassiness kind of thing. You know, Antonio Brown and then Terrell Owens, Right? Antonio Brown on the Steelers, 100% was in the locker room, causing problems, left, right, and center, yelling, screaming, being loud, passionate, but he was still arguably the best receiver of the past decade, right? The reason why he still had success and the Steelers were still a great team in the past 10 years was because of Mike Tomlin. He had to deal with Antonio Brown's ego and his, you know, oh, I'm the best, we got to do better, give me the ball, give me this, give me that. And Le'Veon Bell's, I'm the best, give me the ball, all that, for ten, almost 10 years. And he made the killer bees with Ben Roethlisberger and Bell and Brown. Tomlin knew how to coach these big-headed, ego-confident, whatever you want to call them, diva guys. Which is exactly why Tomlin is a great coach. You never really heard anything until the end of Brown's career about all this drama and crap like that. And same with Le'Veon Bell, right? And Tomlin just said, all right, if you want to keep talking like this, I'll let you go. I don't care because they got older and look where they are now. They're not really doing much. I mean, Brown tried almost sparked it back up with the Buccaneers. But, you know, again, with management and Brown, maybe Brown's wrong. And Tomlin was wrong about Brown. But you never know. Tomlin got the best out of those those two guys. Terrell Owens, right? He had great coaches. Guys who flowed with his vibe. Said, yes, the diva, the passion, we love it. Keep bringing it. It fired up the locker room. It fired up his teammates. It fired up his coaches. And they just went with it. And it brought more passion and like energy to the game. T.O. might be one of the best receivers ever, right? And, you know, if coaches didn't listen to him and work with his kind of, you know, his lifestyle, he probably wouldn't have gotten as many, as much attention or been used as much in an offense, you know. And with the Giants and Odell, you would see all the time, you know, Odell smashing the, uh, the kicking net or whatever, and Odell screaming and uh, crying on the on the sidelines and punching holes in the wall. His teammates were different. His teammates wanted to go with it. Eli would sometimes calm him down, and Eli would talk to him, just get him pumped up in the game and just keep going with him. His receivers, Sterling Shepard would do that. Victor Cruz, when he was there at the time. But then these coaches... And John Mara and the general manager, 
they have this no tolerance thing where it's like shut up and play the game where Odell and the, the coaches and the GM just didn't they didn't fit there was no chemistry there there was no you know riding off each other's vibe or being able to coach and be open minded with these kinds of players Odell got traded to the Browns and a similar thing happened Odell he goes and he obviously he doesn't make as much locker room drama and you know diva much it shows that he maybe matured a bit right or he you know got a little more uh professional but then goes out and says the Browns couldn't manage him on the field it's the exact opposite of what the Giants did the Giants couldn't manage him off the field but they did well with him on the field the Giant, uh, the Browns could manage him off the field. On the field, it was atrocious. Baker Mayfield, garbage. The Browns' offensive co- uh, coordinator and head coaching does not know how to use Beckham. So Beckham puts together Beckham and his father put together these tapes, show him all the times they've missed Beckham, they've overthrown Beckham, they don't use Beckham properly. And you know what? The highlights and these tapes, they're legit. You look at it, it's like you got to either make these throws. Or um, you got to execute these plays. And the truth is, Beckham was never the problem. He isn't. And he never was. And the, you want to know why? Because look at this past couple months. He got traded to the Rams. Oh, I'm sorry, did he sign with the Rams? Either way, he went to the Rams. Whatever he did, I forget what it was. I think it was trade. But he goes to the Rams. Six touchdowns. In however many games with the Rams. Actually, I think it's eight now, including the playoffs. Um, the fact that he had at least four times as many touchdowns as he did on, like, like what, ten games with the Rams in, in two seasons what he did with the Browns, it shows something. The Rams have a phenomenal offense, a phenomenal defense, a great offensive line. They have phenomenal coaches left, right, and center. Sean McVay is that kind of guy who's young, electric, passionate, and he fed off it. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Andrew Whitworth, these great leaders, these great guys that know how to feed off of each other's energy. Beckham fit in that uh, team so well. That's exactly why the Rams were so successful. Right? It's because all these older guys came together and said, we are... The more experienced team, we are passionate, we are energetic, we're going to go kick some ass today. And that's exactly what they did. There's no other way, there's nothing else you could say. I mean, if you look, like, once Beckham went down, the game was a lot closer. It was a lot closer. And uh, best wishes to Odell, I hope he gets well soon. Uh, two ACL tears on the same knee, that's kind of tough. It's really tough. Um... You know, I felt his emotion. It stinks. Um, but, you know, he'll recover. I know he will. Um, but Aaron Donald, look what you did to him. Aaron Donald sacks your quarterback, and you go push him, and you piss him off. That's the last guy on the field I want pissed off at the end of a game. Because he came in there. It's like he was like the Hulk or something like that. He went from Bruce Banner to the Hulk and just straight up said, you know what, I'm going to start trying. And he bullied that offensive lineman and Joe Burrow. He ended that game single-handedly. You know, 
Um, he had two sacks, three QB hits. Burrow was, I felt bad for Burrow. <laughs> Burrow didn't deserve that. His line is just atrocious. Um, but, you know, it was well-deserved. Uh, well done to the Rams, well done to the Bengals. Bengals, one of the best underdog stories for sure. Um, but they're not done yet. I know Burrow isn't. Uh, he's a great leader, like I said before. The, the Bengals will do better. Um, but yeah. Uh, T. Higgins got away with one. I'm not going to lie to you. If you disagree with me, you're insane. Go watch it. Ramsey, to be fair though, did get... He got... Oh God, he got destroyed by Chase and Higgins. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um... Ramsey was struggling this game. He had some bright spots and this and that, whatever. But, um, you know, he he choked. But he's lucky he had a, a solid team around him to, uh, you know, pick up where he, he dropped. Um, speaking of corners, we're going to talk about Eli Apple. That prick. Oh, my God. As a Giants fan, screw you, Eli. Screw you, Eli Apple. Oh my god, how he goes drafted number 10 overall in his draft by the Giants. And when I first saw this pick, I was like, alright, good, we got some secondary help. This is We might have a franchise corner here. Um, and obviously, he was the exact opposite. He was, I don't know, I don't. there's no word to describe how bad he was. So we get rid of him, he goes to the Saints, he's just as bad, and he becomes like this washed up player. And the Bengals... Desperate for corners, just bring him in, and he has, I'd say, a half decent year. Like he has on and off weeks, something like that. I mean, his on weeks are not exactly top ten, top fifteen, top twenty corner kind of thing. But yeah, uh, he had he improved this this uh, season. I'll say that he improved. Not saying he's gotten phenomenal, but he's improved because he's not phenomenal. He's still bad, but he's done better. And so with this little boost of, you know, confidence, he goes on Twitter and social media calling out the Giants and the Saints and whoever and Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman. Why? Why are you doing that to yourself? He's calling out Beckham before the Super Bowl. I want Beckham the entire game. I can lock up all these guys, you know. Um, Cooper Cup said after Beckham went down, okay, my turn, and basically destroyed him, just absolutely annihilated him. Um, Cup had eight catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. The game-winning touchdown was Cooper Cup on Eli Apple. Uh, it couldn't have gone any better for me. I hope Eli learns his lesson. I hope he pipes down on Twitter because I don't think he's said anything yet. Um, how dare you insult the Giants, insult the Saints, insult all these players, and like start attacking other people for stuff that, you know, thinking that you're the best. I could probably name 30 corners in the NFL that are better than you. 100%. I'll make that list and say it next podcast. I'll do it. Because it's absolutely ridiculous that you think that you're some generational talent. And you think you can mark all these guys. It's actually disrespectful to the game. That's like, it, it infuriates me. 
Um, I know the Bengals don't deserve a ring. Uh, Bengals do deserve a ring. He doesn't. He really doesn't. I don't like his attitude. He's There's a difference between, you know, this passion and this diva thing. And, you know, just being, you know, uh, overconfident. Because with guys like Beckham and Antonio Brown and Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco Johnson, they backed it up. They talked the talk and they walked the walk. All Eli did was talk the talk. There was no walking. There was nothing. Duke could barely crawl. It was god-awful. Um... But yeah, um, since the Super Bowl's over, uh, probably for the offseason, just talk about free agents, uh, some rankings maybe going into next year for me, because uh, I started, you know, at the end of the regular season. It'll be fun to cover, you know, maybe I'll do some fantasy football podcasts. Uh, who knows, some special guests will probably come along. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah. Uh, great Super Bowl again. Uh, the Rams brought us trophy home for all a hundred of their fans. <laughs> oh my God, that fan base is not—it's not really good. I'm not gonna lie to you. And you know, the players deserve it more than the fans in this case. Honestly, it's different. It was like, you know, the Jets or the Texans or the the Lions were to win it because they all have actual fans. You know. And it's not only for for the players, but it's for the for the city. <laughs> this was more for the players, honestly. But congrats to the Rams again. Congrats to the Bengals. Uh, I'm going to call it for this podcast. I uh, hope everyone has a good day out there. Uh, this is Aiden Ferris. If you forgot, and see ya.